fellow cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where two idiots, me and Isaiah, talk about movies. And today we are talking about The Last Crusade. Just a reminder, there are spoilers ahead for movies and shows you might not have seen yet. So fair warning now before we jump into the episode. Um, but seriously, if you haven't seen Indiana Jones at this point. You've been living under a rock. <laughs> um, I am actually one of the people. I have not seen this movie before. But you have now. But I have now. So <laughs> I'm one less person out there. Let's hop into the first segment uh, for today's episode, which is This Week in Hollywood. For our first headline, Margot Robbie and Colin Farrell are set to star in the, in the feature A Big, Bold, Beautiful Journey from mm. director Hogan, Hogonada. Hogonada? Sure. Hogonada. Margot Rob, Robbie's first role since Barbie. Imperative Entertainment is beyond the is behind the film that has a script from Seth Reese, who created the menu, and is scheduled to begin shooting this spring in California. Plot details are very scarce, but the movie is set to center on two strangers and the unlikely way that their paths align. Sounds like a lot of every other movies. <laughs> you cannot be more vague. Uh huh. <laughs> but so I guess vague. that at least gives us some sort of idea. At least we're like, oh, it's probably a rom com or some romantic drama thing, you know. Well, the only Maybe. thing I need to know is if Colin Farrell will have his accent. Mm. Or Margot Robbie. The Australian and the Irish. That's there what you should call it. You should call it that. Now, we got some news for you. Uh, Disney's CEO, Bob Iger, wah, wah. Revealed, some, <laughs> revealed some news on CNBC ahead of Disney's first quarter of fiscal 2024 earnings report that the second Moana which was originally developed as a TV series, has now become a feature film because Iger was impressed with the footage. Great. Moana 2 will be released theatrically on November 27th of this year, and according to Disney, Moana 2 will take audiences on an expansive new voyage with Moana, Maui, and a brand new crew of unlikely seafarers. Yawn. Yeah, I, um, I'm one of the few that... I think didn't really even care for Moana. Like it just did nothing um, really st stood out to me about it. I mean, it was good, but like it wasn't great. I think I'm just Disneyed out. I think Disney has. Yeah, Disney needs to chill. Disney has tired out Star Wars. They have tired out Marvel. They have mm -hmm. tired out their brand is general because like hiring out live action remakes. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yeah. Like it is, it's just, you know what, Disney, if you're listening, <laughs> cause I know Bob is a big fan of the show. <laughs> Bobby, listen to me right now. Robert. Bobbert. <laughs> if, if you want me to go back in the theaters to watch one of your movies, bring back. Now this is a hot, this might not be a hot take. This is a take. Bring okay. back your classic 2d animation bring back like robin hood style animation bring back like winnie the pooh you know like the 2d flat like the last 2d animation i can think of is princess and the frog bring that back i like that more than this 3d oversaturated bullshit <laughs> like but anyways we're getting trailed off <laughs> not disney kate winslet has done something a little bit different for her la latest role as she becomes Mother Earth. Interesting. 
yeah, I haven't seen the trailer. Listening. In an exclusive trailer, which you can find online or by checking out our Discord channel, the Oscar-winning actress narrates Dreamscapes, a genre-bending natural history doc showcasing the planet's beauty. The film was written and directed by Christian Chayik, Machekik, Machakik, and co-written by Larissa Hamptoner. Hmm. It was produced by Clemens Hallman. Did you just put all these names in just to mess with me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> An executive produced by Patrick Knapp Schwarzenegger. Wait, like, like the Schwarzenegger? I, like, I'm assuming like Arnold so? Schwarzenegger. I just not many people named Schwarzenegger. <laughs> true, true. Uh, and Haro Van Have. You, okay. The score was composed <laughs> by Edwin Wendler. You just you put in all these names just because they were gonna screw me up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so easy. I know words. My English is my first language. It's my only language. <laughs> There's a new Evil Dead spinoff um, in the works. Ooh. And it is looking to replicate the success of last year's Evil Dead Rise. So franchise overseers Sam Rami and Robert Tappert are hiring another filmmaker to head off in a different direction with a new spinoff film. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Can you say Sam's name again? Sam Rami? Rami? <laughs> what is it? It's Rami. <laughs> Raimi? Yeah, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Sam Raimi. Um, but up-and-coming director Sebastian Venekek. It is a has a lot of symbols in his name, so I'm I'm not entirely sure the pronunciation of it, but that's the, that's gonna be my brutal American version. Sebastian has been hired to make the new movie for Ghost House Pictures. So Interesting. I, wasn't, uh, wasn't the late, wasn't the last one like not that good? Um, yes and no. I personally did not care for it, but um, a lot of people did like it, and a lot of people didn't like it. It was very mixed reviews. I think I wouldn't call it a horror movie. A lot of people said it was scary. I don't think it was scary at all. It's definitely gore porn. Um, and definitely not for that's me. that's yeah, definitely not for you. Actually, it made me visceral. We like react. And I've seen all the Saw movies and none of the Saw movies have ever made me have a visceral reaction like that movie did. Other so, than Saltburn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Saltburn was rough. So, yeah, we'll see. I guess what happens. I I'm, I'm probably have to watch it. So, Well, speaking of horror stories, Dakota Johnson <laughs> <laughs> sounded off on the industry in a new interview ahead of the release of her superhero movie, Madam Web. Oh, yes. Yeah. A horror, horror movie indeed. The actress reflected on bringing her indie drama Daddy-O to a film festival last year where she says it took a whole lot of effort to get it sold despite it starring her and Oscar winner Sean Penn in the lead roles. Now, hold on. Hold on. Before yeah. you go on saying what she said, I want yeah. you to do it in your best Dakota Johnson impression. That's not happening. People uh, are just so afraid and I'm like, why? What's going to happen if you do something brave? Uh, just pause. What is a Dakota Johnson impression? I other than like a very generic white woman voice. I don't. What is the what is what is the it's impression? It's kind of like it'd be kind of like why? What's going to happen if you do something brave? So, like, a, like a valley girl, <laughs> sorta. But it's like kind of soft. It's like why? What's going to happen if you do something brave? Kinda. I'd have to hear her voice. I don't. I think I butchered it. 
I okay. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> What's going <laughs> Okay. It just feels like nobody knows what to do and everyone's afraid. That's what it feels like. Everyone who makes decisions is afraid. They want to do the safe thing and the safe thing is really boring. He then continued on to say she is discovering that's really fucking bleak in this industry. Welcome to the club. <laughs> it isn't majorly dis it's majorly disheartening. The people who run streaming platforms don't trust creative people or artists to know what's going to work and that is just going to make us implode. You can watch the interview online because she says more about the industry. Is she late to the party? We've known this for years. This <laughs> is like we've known this, but I don't I feel like no one's come out and said that really recently. Like celebrity-wise, I mean. You know what's funny is that like she's going to say this and I really hope that like this the that this movie it's daddy-o movie is actually really good like also sean penn's an amazing actor but like i really hope this movie's good for her to have like a to say something like that <laughs> such an aggressive reaction yeah yeah because if it's if it's like a real bad movie it's just gonna make everything look way worse <laughs> well here's what it's about oh boy okay <laughs> a woman taking a cab ride from jfk engages in a conversation with the taxi driver about the important relationships in their lives. Wait, JFK isn't John F. Kennedy or from JFK airport? From JFK airport. I was also, I also read that wrong. I also was like, <laughs> wait, she's in a cab with JFK. What the fuck? <laughs> and then I kept reading. I was like, okay, Bethany, next time read the full sentence before you just jump to conclusions. <laughs> yeah, because I was definitely now. All right, well, that's just in a cab with JFK. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I would, I would duck if I were you. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> lastly, we'd like to take a moment to remember an amazing actor who recently passed away at the age of seventy-six, Carl Weathers. Um, you might have known him from his iconic role in the Rocky series, which we've covered in the past. Um, or more recently as his role in Mandalorian. Whichever way you may know him, you probably know that he was an incredible actor and uh, we just hope he rests in peace. We're kind of a little late on this. I'm sure a lot of you already had heard this news, but we had to pay homage to the man, at least. It's the least we could do. But um, to end on a somber note, that will conclude this week in Hollywood. You can find all of our sources cited on our Discord channel. Oh, she's um, learning. Got it. She got it in one shot. So proud. Thank you. Thank you. Now, since I'm sad, I think we need a drink. Always drown our sorrows. Always drown our sorrows in booze. So today's episode of Big Woos, Big Brews, brought to you by me, Bethany. Lewis today has provided us with the Holy Grail cocktail. What a clever name. Oh my God, it's the Holy Grail. Uh, fun fact, there is a Holy Grail restaurant in Ireland. Wow. So Joel Smith wrote this article back in February of 2010 about the search for the Holy Grail cocktail in Spokane, Washington. Um, we'll have that article also plugged in our show notes in case you're interested in that. But finally, our cocktail, the Holy Grail recipe, was created by Eddie Boyd of Antiques on High in Columbus, Ohio. Shout out, Ohio. Um, and it is posted on kindredcocktails.com. So you can find it there if you need to pull up the recipe at all. Ohio. 
Here we go. Here are our ingredients. Are you ready? Don't 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 do the Irish. Don't do okay. <laughs> Sorry. You're not Sorry. you're not good at it. I'm really not. And it's funny because I'm very Irish. <laughs> um so we're gonna start off strong with one and a half ounces of Amaro Montenegro. Then we're gonna go with a half ounce of mezcal del Magüe Vida. I think I butchered that as well. Three quarters ounce of pineapple juice, half an ounce of lime juice, and a quarter ounce of orgeat. Orgeat. Such a funny name. Yeah. That and so can. Yeah, right. Here is how to make the drink. You're going to add all of the ingredients to a cocktail shaker with ice and shake vigorously. Then you're going to strain the cocktail over a fresh set of ice in a rocks glass. Garnish with a pineapple wedge and a few nice fronds from the pineapple and enjoy. Also another funny word, fronds. Fronds. It makes me think of... Um, fronds. No, it makes me think of Mr. Fron. Who? Oh, I think he's in Bob's Burgers. Oh, I've never seen Bob. Oh, he's so funny. Anyways, what do you think of the drink? Uh, well, first off, what the hell is Amaro Magnegro? Like, what is that? Okay. I'm going to assume some sort of tequila. It is a Since, liqueur. It is yeah, made from cool. a secret blend of 40 botanicals, including vanilla, orange peels, and eucalyptus. Interesting. It tastes has a sweet, turning, mildly bitter taste with orange zest, coriander, cherry, vanilla, and clove. So it's kind of like it's got a citrusy, fruity type vibe along with a more herb type aftertaste. Um, very fine, like very small hint of herb, by the way. Um, I don't know. I think I'm gonna. I like the like, I like the zest. I like the fruity stuff. Obviously, I know you love the zest. What? Zesty little boy. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna. I think I'm feeling it. No, I'm okay. Give, I give it like a three out of five. I don't think I'd, I. It's not something I would go out to and like find. If someone like said, "Hey, give this a taste test," I'd be like, "Yeah, sure." Okay. Hear me out. What if you're like by a pool? I don't think the setting would matter of whether or not I would taste test okay. it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. Well, um, me near a pool. <laughs> I, I realized after I said it. We said in a state surrounded mostly by water. <laughs> I know. Um, I think heard, I would. an earthquake off the coast. We should get a tsunami soon. Yeah, we did have an earthquake off the coast. That's crazy. Is a four big? I don't understand. I don't. I forget the like magnitudes. Like what's big? What's small? It was moderate. Moderate. Yeah, it's like the highest it can go is an eight or greater. So oh, yeah, we had it about halfway. Four. So it was. It was. It was. It was okay. Yeah, it and it was like best. it was very far. So no one really felt. I think people in Northwest Palm Beach said they felt sh- light shaking, but they could be exaggerating. They could have been drunk. <laughs> they could have been. They could have been having the Holy Grail. I think I would give it a three out of five. Borderline two and a half, but I'm going to give it a three just because. Um, why not? I do like mezcal. Um, it's mezcal. a very it's like the only tequila that I can drink just because it's smoky. Not a lot of people do like mezcal. Um, uh, my friend of mine says that drinking mezcal is like drinking a box of cigarettes. <laughs> and I think that is a great way to put it. <laughs> Or a pack of cigarettes, I guess, not a box. I, I don't, I don't smoke, but I drink mezcal. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's a great way. I think she put it in a great way there. But I kind of do like that smoky flavor. That's why I like whiskey so much. But um, pineapple juice does not sit well in my stomach as along with tequila. 
as much as I like mezcal. So it's just like tequila is not my go to. You know, I would it would go whiskey, vodka, rum, and then tequila. Am I missing one in there? Well, of course. Well, yeah, I'm thinking like the like you know the main main ones. Oh, I feel like those are the four main. Vodka, gin, gin's the probably at the bottom actually. Yeah, gin's probably the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, I'd probably say three. I'll go. Well, you said three as well, right? Or three and a half? I said three. Okay, so we're on the same page. Cool. Easy. Shaking in my britches here. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> thank you, Lewis, for that amazing cocktail. I guess. Kind of amazing. Thanks for the amazing fact. Good old Ireland. Oh, you. <laughs> I would love to go to Ireland. I, a friend of mine keeps on sending me videos of Edinburgh, England. This is like in the middle mm. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's like really scenic it's grass yeah. and my rolling hills and like, I love grass. <laughs> you should go touch it sometime, you know? Also, I thought it was Edinburgh or Edinburgh. Oh, that's Scotland. Yeah, no, he's, I think he's talking about Edinburgh, like England. Yeah, that's a different. He's a um, Brit. Yeah. <laughs> Edinburgh, England? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not a member. It's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. <laughs> A lot of castles in Ireland. Yeah, like castles. Love you like turtles, though. <laughs> I do like turtles. Okay. Uh, you know what I like though? I like today's sponsor. What's that? Shaker and Spoon. It's a monthly Whoa. subscription service that gives you bar quality recipes and ingredients designed by award-winning mixologists. Their latest box, totally tequila. Yeah, they're partying up in those castles. It features mm. incredible tequila blanco cocktail recipes. If you'd like your very own box to drink along with us, then head on over to shakerandspoon.com and use promo code SIPS10, $10 off for a subscription. Again, that's SIP10, $10 off. Thank you, Shaker and Spoon. Now we'll go, let's go get lit in Edinburgh. <laughs> let's go to Ireland. Can we go to Ireland? Wasn't there, wasn't there two dudes who did like a podcast in the middle of like an Irish pub in the middle of nowhere? Uh, can we do that? You do that. Our next episode will be in an Irish pub. In Ireland. If you go to our Patreon, <laughs> it's settled. Is Sean Connery Irish? No. Thought he was American. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. He's British, actually. He's Scottish. Oh, no. Scottish. Wow. You really are just. Hey, he's it. born in Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <gasps> Whoa. It all comes together. Oh, that's definitely Edinburgh. I don't know where Ed- I'm getting Edinburgh from. I don't know. There's Edinburgh, um, I think, in Minnesota or Montana or something. Oh, God. Is that what you're thinking of? Maybe. I don't know. We were homeschooled. The only (laughs) place we know is heaven. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Uh, (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Anyway. Uh, So. So You got a question for me? Yes. I have a question for you. Actually, I have two questions for you. Um. They have nothing to do with each other, but I could not decide on which question I wanted to ask you. So I, I'm doing both. Okay. So for Beth's question of the day, we have two questions. <laughs> okay. So our first question, simple. Let's get real. Straight to the point. Is Elsa evil? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Elsa from the movie, not Elsa from Frozen. 
Oh, sorry. Okay, my mind immediately went to Frozen. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> so Elsa so, is a movie. Yes, yes, she's a Nazi. We, okay, but there, there is no but. She's a Nazi. Hear me out. <laughs> you better have a damn good thing to say about this. Because she said herself, she's not a Nazi. <laughs> I don't know about that one. She said it to Indiana. You know, I'm not a Nazi or something. I care about the book or something like that. Something like that. I forget what the line was, but it was something like. She only cares about the book and the mean, the only way she could, the means of getting the book was by joining the Nazis. Therefore, she's a Nazi. Therefore, she's an evil person. Yeah, but what if she had to do it? Uh, well, she like wasn't a, like, okay. So like, it wasn't like, a, oh, yeah, double yeah, I would call. I'm going to use them. I'm in there. But the second I get like the book and stuff i'm gonna use it on the nazis i'm gonna kill the nazis not the book what am i thinking of <laughs> the holy grail the second the holy, I'll get grail. the holy grail or like her plan exactly wasn't to yeah she wasn't a double agent she wasn't trying to do that mm. she obviously she was selfish and she was gonna do whatever she wanted for herself but then also like yeah she was real chummy with the nazis but not in like a double agent secret way of being like i'm gonna you know betray them she was pretty chill with them until the very end. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, that was a quick one. Good thing I had a second one. Uh-huh. So, here it is. So. Sean. No. <laughs> uh, Sean Connery. No. My question is, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate Henry, Sean Connery, as a father? <laughs> 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 Two-parter. Would you want him as your dad? Would no. you be okay with that? Okay. No. Okay. So let's go back to let's not. go back to the first part. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate him? One being awful, ten being like the best father ever. Um, he gets like a a three, three and a half. Wow, that low. Uh, you know what? You know what? A four. <laughs> don't let. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't let me alter your answer. No, it would be a four because like he does have a redemption arc. So he go. You know what? He starts off at like a three and a half. Yeah, he starts off at like a three and a half, maybe a four. And then by the end of the movie, he becomes like a like a six. Maybe. Okay. Being yeah, I can agree with you on a, like a six. I feel like he starts. Yeah. Because like in the beginning of the movie, you can tell like he's just neglectful and doesn't really care. And obviously he's obsession. just a little ADD. You know, he's just kind of like in his own little world. He doesn't really know what's going on. I guess I guess ADD can't have children because they can't focus on them <laughs> yeah listen coming from the horse's mouth <laughs> oh my god that man is adhd for sure i just yeah no i think he's just a he was not a terrible father like he wasn't abusive or like well i mean he did know. smack him at one point <laughs> yeah like oh well <laughs> well you had to remind me of that <laughs> yeah but um, it was only once <laughs> Almost only one time. Oh God, I, I just yeah no. It's he's not the best of father. He's not winning any father of the year awards. That's for sure. He did, but obviously he cared to some degree because obviously he was like the second he was like oh my God, Indy just died. Holy crap, you know. But then he like one eighty real fast after he found out he's alive. So I was like okay. So you know it's it, it is what it is. He's I, mid straight mid. He's a straight mid father. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think definitely think straight mid. Um. I also think like it could like because when you say when you said four originally, I was like, I feel like he could be way worse. 
he could he's be like not terrible. <laughs> then again, who am I to judge? Who am I to say? You know? Um, yeah, I guess straight mid. He's a straight mid dad, but he definitely he definitely has a redemption. I will agree. He goes from straight mid to a little above straight mid. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for answering my question. That was a very straightforward. Ha <laughs> Aha. Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> yes. I think it was. I liked both of those questions. I really couldn't decide. I mean, I, I guess the second one was better in hindsight, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know that at the time. So, oh, well, what do you got I'll, for me today, Isaiah? It's the trial by fire. It's I have facts for you. Which, do you have a lot like the other two episodes? Uh, yeah, I got, I got a few. Um, cool. About our boys, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Oh boy, did they have another divorce this time? No, no. Steven Spielberg did feel bad though about the fact that the last movie was very, very dark. So he tried to redeem himself with this mm. one. Um, but to start off our facts, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg had intended originally to make a trilogy of Indiana Jones films, but they signed on for five with Paramount Pictures. <laughs> oh boy. Isn't the next one with Shia LaBeouf? It is. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, boy. I've heard a lot about that one. Yeah. I hope you're, you're ready for a ride. Uh, okay. Or, or a swing. Ha. Huh? Foreshadowing. Anyway. Oh. After, the, after, the mixed, after the mixed critical and public reaction to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is kind of crazy. I didn't realize how mixed it was. But, yeah, they were hmm. like, oh. Spielberg decided to complete the trilogy to fill his promise to Lucas because I think he wanted out. Hmm. <laughs> Now, due to his commitment to the film, however, Steven Spielberg had to drop out of directing Big with Tom Hanks and Rayman. Mm, big was a big. Big was big. And so was Rayman. I would, I think it'd be very interesting to see those two movies with Spielberg in a director's chair. But history, I think it would. Yeah, but history has a way of, you know. Life things. finds a way. I guess. <laughs> not about it that way. Uh, now, Lucas initially suggested the making to make this film a haunted mansion movie, but Spielberg rejected the idea because he no. felt it was too similar to Poltergeist. Oh my god! Of course he says that. Yes. Does that sound familiar? Because that's why he rejected the original idea for Temple of yeah. Doom. <laughs> oh my god! Um, now, in September of 1984, Lucas completed an eight-page treatment titled "Indiana Jones and the Monkey King," which he soon followed with an 11-page outline. The story saw Indiana. Battling a ghost in Scotland. Wasn't this the last headline last week? No. Or last fact? Oh, I he, thought you said something about castles in the last episode too. Yeah. He, he wanted to, they wanted to do a similar idea. George okay. Lucas was really just wanted to do like a haunted mansion movie for some reason. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> but uh, basically this one was supposed to be in Scotland and he was supposed to be hunting, and Indiana Jones was supposed to be hunting for the fountain of youth in Africa. Okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, I thought the Fountain of Youth was in St. Augustine. You know, I don't. You're right, but also like I don't know what George Lucas is on right now. Uh, <laughs> this idea was then eventually changed when Chris Columbus mystery. was brought in to write the script. Christopher Columbus, not that Christopher Columbus. <laughs> okay, I was like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> JFK, Chris Columbus. As we got a lot of historical figures today. Oh man, uh, but you'll know Chris Columbus. He directed actually second harry potter movie my least favorite one but he also did the home alone movies oh okay okay christopher yeah, columbus did yes <laughs> after he okay. um pillaged and then yeah. failed to discover america 
1492, Christopher Columbus made Home Alone 2. <laughs> that was terrible. God, that sucked. I'm Boo, keeping Bethany. that in. That's so beautiful. Um, anyway. <laughs> is it 1492? Is that the, is that the year? I don't, I don't know. Christopher Columbus is an idiot. So. 1492, Chris Columbus sailed the ocean blue or something like that. that. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's wrong. Like that literally thing, that whole thing is wrong because he didn't discover America, but whatever. Um, right. I don't need to give you guys a history lesson. <laughs> nope. That's not what we do here. No. We go Me. here to become dumber. That sentence certainly was. Anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. More uh, dumb. Yes. The original, <laughs> now the original, the original story in, his, in, Chris, uh, in Christopher Columbus's <laughs> first draft dated May 3rd, 1985, changed the main plot device to a garden of immortal peaches. Is that real? <laughs> do not know. <laughs> oh my God. The movie's supposed to take place in 1937 with Indiana battling the murderous ghost of Baron Seamus Seagrove III in Scotland. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Indiana, Indiana then travels to Mozambique to aid Dr. Claire Clark, uh, a Catherine Hepburn type character, according to Lucas, who has found a 200-year-old pygmy. The pygmy is kidnapped by the Nazis during a boat chase in Indiana Claire and Scraggy Breer, an old friend of Indiana Jones, Mm-hmm. Travel to travel up the Zambezi River to rescue him. Indiana is killed in the climatic battle, but okay. is resurrected by the Monkey King. Who Donkey Kong? <laughs> <laughs> so, I wouldn't uh, be surprised with George Lucas. <laughs> so in the climatic battle, he is uh, Indiana Jones is, is killed and then resurrected by the Monkey King. Other characters include a cannibalistic African tribe, a Nazi sergeant Gutenberg. <laughs> Okay. Who has a mechanical arm. What is happening? <laughs> Betsy, a stowaway student who's su- who is very in love with Indiana Jones for some reason. I, they did not mention the age, but knowing George always? Lucas, it would have been weirdly young. <sighs> of course. And a pirate and leader named Kazur. And what? I'm sorry, I missed pi- that last part. A pirate leader named Kazur. George, okay, I need to have a talk with this man. George wrote up all these ideas and then Chris Columbus then wrote out everything. <laughs> oh my God. And connected it all. The pirate leader described as like a Toshiro Mufune type character dies eating one of the peaches from the immortal one because he is not pure of heart. Was he like on acid or something? When they I don't came know up what the, this? I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> this is like Stephen King with like it and it having like the whole thing take place on like a turtle is like the planet or some shit. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, look into Stephen King's It, like the book. It's insane. I just know that there's a gangbang in there to as a like there is bonding it's exercise. Like a child orgy. It's disgusting. It's like a turtle plant planet. I mean, um like from Avatar? Maturin Ma- Ma- Ter- Ma- is the overarching protagonist in the Stephen King multiverse. Sorry. It's, I guess all of his stories take place on this planet. That's a turtle. (laughs) It's like a celestial being or something. Yeah. Turtle carrying the planet on his back. Like his shell is the planet. There's gotta be a group of people out there that believe this is real too. Like the flat earthers. It's like that same thing. The world is not flat. Oh my god, finally someone with sense. It's on the back of a turtle. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mater and Ma- that's, that's the wildest thing I've ever heard. 
And yeah, I just told you the, story, the original story of the Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now just now for some like less insane facts. <laughs> yes. Because the, obviously the original story to uh, Last Crusade is an accident trip. Would mm-hmm. I love to see? Would I love to see it right now? Because I would love to see how they did it. They would do it. Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah. I would love to see this movie. No doubt. So anyway, uh, that's the plot to Indiana Jones six. <laughs> So now, John Connery and Harrison Ford are actually only 12 years apart in age. Really? John Connery was born in 1930 and Harrison Ford was born in 1942. I mean, they don't, I guess they look a little further. I mean, I guess I know they made John Connery look older, but still. It's the beard. <laughs> yeah. Now, Harrison Ford, as you know, in the movie, he cuts, uh, Indiana Jones cuts his chin with the whip when he first gets it. Yeah. So the, and then you notice that throughout the rest of the movie, he does have that scar. That scar is actually a real scar on Harrison Ford, which he got oh. in a car accident when he was 20 years old. Interesting. Fun little lore. Oh, and yeah, Harrison Ford lore. They saved money on prosthetics that way, too. Now, 2,000 rats were bred for the production. Oh, bred? It was actually necessary because ordinary rats have, are way too susceptible to diseases. So they just had, they said, screw it, we're going to make our own. <laughs> that sounds so inhumane. Yep. Now, what happened to the rats afterwards? Don't know. They killed them all, didn't they? Now, that's inhumane. <laughs> I'm assuming. What else would they fucking let them loose? Is that why New York has so many fucking rats? <laughs> no, they probably give them to a, like, testing center. Oh, true. Oh, God, what a terrible life for those guys. Yep. Bred to get uh, almost stepped on by Harrison Ford. And then, and then later tested on. Jeez. Due to the temperature on board the Zeppelin scenes, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford would sometimes film without pants. Is that a real Zeppelin? Uh, no. Oh. It was a miniature. So uh, they built miniatures. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the outside exterior is just matte paintings and uh, a miniature Zeppelin kind of overlaid on top of it. And then oh, okay. the interior of the Zeppelin was made, was in a, uh, in a sound studio. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. A sound stage. And the sound stage just was sweltering. So they would film without pants. And Sean Hello. Connery said that he wouldn't, he didn't want to wear them because he didn't want to sweat too much. I guess that's fair. And for our final fact, this is kind of doozy. Most of the uniforms worn by the Nazis in the Berlin book burning scene are Uh-oh. authentic world war II uniforms and not costumes. Oh my God. Oh my God. How do you even get those? They found an, a cache of old uniforms was found in Germany and obtained by costume designer Anthony Powell's co-designer Joanna Johnston. So what they just the happened. Fuck? They literally just happened upon a cache of old World War II German uniforms, and they said, "We can use this." <laughs> but like, uh, at what cost? You know? Yeah. Like, imagine being that actor and being like, "Yikes!" Uh, there is a thing. I couldn't confirm this fact, but there is something out there saying that when when Steven Spielberg directed the scene of everyone having to do the Hail Hitler scene and they had to do the Zayhaw. Oh, yeah. He had everyone who put their, he had everyone put their hands behind their back and cross their fingers. Oh, that's kind of funny. Is it true? I don't know. I really hope it is though. And it sounds like something he would do. Yeah. But those are all our facts for today. We're trying so hard to explain what the movie's about for you guys so that you're not just like, in case you haven't seen it, you're not like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. So Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is about Indiana Jones and, and the Last Crusade. And the Last Crusade. So Indiana Jones and his father. 
So his father ends up joining the plot. And it's about them hunting down the Holy Grail that uh, Jesus drank from during the Last Supper. And it just goes on his wacky shenanigans fighting Nazis because they're also looking for the Holy Grail. And there's some plot twists. And it's like his, it's, um, his father's obsession with finding the Holy Grail. But then it turns out the, the true treasure is friendship. Illumination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is the plot to Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Yes, very simple and straightforward. In um, a nutshell. It's an adventure. In a nutshell, yeah. Without yeah. getting too in-depth with it. Okay. okay, so what did you think then? Again, I think it was just a solid adventure movie. I can't say I'd like it more than the rest. I think it's kind of just on the same level. Each one kind of just is like a standalone movie. I mean, it's, it's again, like if they had brought this in as the first movie and uh, they had an introduction of like young Indiana Jones, it works. It's perfect. Like yeah. you get the origin story, it all works. So I think again, as like its own standalone movie, it's a pretty solid adventure movie. There were a few editing mistakes I noticed along the way, which I was oh, like, yeah. what the hell? And they were pretty mm-hmm. glaring. Like the one scene where the library and they're like, oh, look, X marks a spot and it's a giant X on the floor. Like it's, Literally the entire floor. <laughs> then the next shot is them breaking the floor. There's no X. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. It's just solid green. <laughs> but there's little things like that along the way. Like uh, throughout the movie, there's a lot of little, little continuity errors. Yeah. So whoever their script supervisor was, was really not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> the main focus of the movie, though, is the relationship between Indiana Jones and his father. Right. And I like that dynamic. However, I feel like it fell just a little bit short of it actually being a full redemption arc for the father because the whole point of them is like, oh, they're supposed to forget, forget the grail. Yeah. Uh, my father, my son is more important. Like that's the whole dynamic. But towards the end, it kind of felt like nothing had really changed so that like there was no catharticism around mm. it. Mm-hmm. It was like a really quick moment of, oh my God, my son died. Sad. Oh my God, is he really like the true guy? He really should have been a better father. And then, like, immediately, 180. Oh, he's alive. Yeah. Back to the good old days. Nothing really happened here. And it's nothing really happened. Well, that's, a, that's more in the middle. I feel like at the end, he's a little, he still doesn't really tell him like how he feels, but it's a little more, there's a little more at least yeah. than that part. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. It felt like the amount of time we spent in what it was didn't really equate to what it was supposed to feel in the end. Right. So I feel yeah. like the, it, the the relationship wasn't developed enough is what I'm getting fair. at. Fair, fair. But other than that, I gave it a four out of five. It's pretty good. Do you think the whole desert Nazi fight with the tank and all stuff went a little bit too long? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. But other than that, fun time. Yeah. Um, I pretty much agree with you. I think it was a, a solid action film. I felt like they relied more on practicals this time than, than CGI, like the last one. It felt a little more high budget as well in their action scenes. I don't know how to really explain it. I mean, they had a fucking tank, but like everything just felt more real and gritty. And I liked that. I think that the um, practical effects for the Holy Grail part, like the aging, um, of the night was really well done. Um, I thought that was insane. I love practical effects like that. Like the first movie with the the melting scene, you know, it's like the same concept where it's just like, I love that type of effect where it's kind of like a time-lapsed, not time-lapsed, but that's how they do it, you know, 
progression kind of thing uh, on someone's face like that. It's awesome. I from the get go, like from the start of the movie, I was kind of immediately sold on it with the starting with the circus chain scene with young Indiana and stuff with River Phoenix and everything and um, just going through all the different carts and like each cart brought a new obstacle that he had to kind of face and use to defeat the guy he was going against. I liked that. Very creative. Um, I think for once I'm going to go out on a limb here for once. The female wasn't entirely useless and annoying. She was a little. But out of the three, she was the enemy. So, yeah, out of the three, she was definitely the least annoying one. She was the one that really actually could handle herself and didn't have to like, I don't know how to explain it. Like she didn't have to make it be known kind of a thing. She just kind of did her thing. Maybe Stephen and George had a little bit of redemption there. And they're like, you know what? Maybe not all women are awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, the boat chase in Venice was really fun. It felt, you know, again, higher end budgeted than the last two movies. And like where he's like getting chopped up in the, the boats getting chopped up in the propeller. Like that was fun. Also, what the fuck was the small Adolf Hitler cameo? That was weird. It's just like, yeah, oh, hey, you're here. That's interesting. I think that uh, I'm pretty sure the actor who plays Adolf Hitler is this Adolf the same Hitler. actor. No, <laughs> actually, him. They found him in uh, Vienna. <laughs> anyway, yeah. no, I, it's he's this. He's one of the Death Star generals. Oh, okay, interesting. I also loved the little Easter egg on like Indiana actually being named after the dog, which is you know based off the true story. I like that they included that into the the lore at the end. And I think my only like really big issue I had with the film, like the one that I actually had to write down was just like the love scene between Indy and Elsa felt really weird and forced. Like, I, I mean, I mean, all of the movies, they feel weird and forced, all the romantic scenes. But this one, it felt like they didn't need to have that aspect between them. They should have just been kind of enemies. But you know, like she's a woman that can handle herself. And he, I mean, he likes that about her, but there doesn't always need to be this like sexual romance between the two. It's like fucking Ray and Kylo Ren. It's like, why oh, does God. that need to happen? Like, why can't they just care about each other in a platonic way? But I digress. But no, I really liked it. It was a super fun, enjoyable uh, movie. I gave it a four out of five as well. I liked it. I think just as much as the first one, I think I rated them both the same. So I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a fun watch for sure. Dad, do you have anything else you want to add before? No, we end today's I, episode? I like it when like you come out of a movie and you're like, it was fun. Yeah, like, it, it was fun. I don't, I don't have anything. Yeah, I don't have much to complain about. I don't have like to critique anything. You just come out and be like, that was an enjoyable time. Yeah. Oh, I was entertained, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, if I, like, paid for it in the movies, if I paid, like, a ticket to go see it, I'd be like, I got my money's worth. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, hard to come across nowadays. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for listening to today's episode. Please feel free to send in any movie suggestions you'd like us to watch and review for our upcoming listeners episode. Um, it, it'll be just a few weeks away now. We're coming towards the end of Indiana Jones. We only got two more episodes left. So if you want to send those in, you can send those on in at silverscreensips at gmail.com. 
And if you don't follow us already, then be sure to also follow us on Instagram so you can get any and all updates regarding the show. And we will see you next week with Shia Booth in the kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You make it sound like Shia LaBeouf is a young Indiana Jones. Yeah, I do. Whoops. It's not. That's River Phoenix.